Okay, I'll bring it up to you when I'm done. I can't right now. Oh my gosh. It's so <laughs> Which Cameron? Is that, yeah, is Cameron's that Cameron? Cameron, are you there? I'll throw it up to you. Good Lord. Handle the topic. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MLO Bros, the most professional podcast in all of Youngstown. <laughs> Tonight on the show, we have Kelly Pavlik, the ghost. Um, he'll be joining us. So if you have questions for him, uh, pop it over in the chat. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, Brian. We're so oh, professional. So professional. Hey, if you're watching right now, share this so we get everybody in Youngstown watching our our uh, our, ch- our champ here. So share, 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 share this link. But um, before we start, Luke, how was your day, man? How was your day? It was wonderful. We're so busy at work right now with interest. Interest rates are record low. We're loan officers. You need a loan call us because and like, then and, the, and then your line. kids are and then your kids are at home too, right? We're training at our uh, kids are at home. This is why I wanted to go meet the ghost at his gym, but we can't because I'm teaching freaking kids all over. I got work. So frustrated. I'm like all fired up. But I need I, I need to talk to Chip about getting up. You do. You do. You, 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 he could get you in the gym. Get you in the gym. Let me punch something. That's what yeah. I mean. There you, you go. There you go. Make you feel better. So, all right, let's uh, real fast. We got one uh, yeah. one logo we want to talk about, uh, and then we'll get him on here. Our sponsor, uh, our sponsor, Mayor Tim Tim Sigafus Insurance Valley Insurance, uh, insurance homeowners, all that uh, carless insurance. All of us, I think the Schusters have him now because he's super cheap. And he's come for all of us. Yep, he's come for all of us. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, make sure you guys share all this to everybody, Jeez, and man. let's bring him on. I'm excited. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Kelly. What's up? 
What are you doing, Kelly? I'm over, I'm, I'm over here getting caught up in all kinds of things over here. Waiting. While we're while we're freaking talking and yelling at my kids. Yeah. Hey, listen, I got I got two kids in the house going crazy tonight, and I got three dogs, so it might get a little loud over here. I may have to hit the mute button a couple times, so it's all good. <laughs> totally understand. Are you are you homeschooling them, Kelly? Or are they do they no? Still they're, they're still going. We're really debating right now. Um, maybe doing it. You know, they're remote on on Wednesdays. Um, you know, it's just crazy, man. It's crazy time. It's uh, no matter which way you want to look at it. You know, there, there's really no wrong with the, the craziness that's going on. Um, you know, people who are saying no mask, they're not doing it. And people are saying wear the mask. I mean, I, you can see both arguments, but crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're in school, but, you know, Wednesdays, um, they're home. And we'll see where it goes after Christmas break. It'll be exactly. um are they? You're over. Are you? You you have a gym in Columbiana. Where do you live? Are you in what town are you? Where? where, where yeah, I'm in Boardman um, okay. right now. Uh, you know, and process of seeing what's going on. But uh, you know, and then the gym is in Columbiana. The gym was kind of um, it was one of the things like it was my personal trainer's gym, and yeah. I, I had him I was in Canfield, and uh, he was uh, you know, since I started boxing, I mean, 20 years ago, but he ended up unfortunately getting sick, and he moved his family is from uh, California. And uh, it was just a good opportunity, so I bought it off of him, and and I fixed it up nice and, and made it into um, a really nice gym, actually. So awesome! So it'll be um, one of many things going on. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, let's let's, uh, and I'm sure you told the story a hundred million times. You got to be tired of hearing about it, talking about it, but we we want to hear about it because you know, I Isaac, how old are you? Twenty six. Yeah. So you were six. I was in high school. high school. I was in high school when he was doing his thing. You know, there's yeah. a lot. We have a lot of younger people that watch this that I'm sure have heard of you, seen yeah. you. you know, I love Leo. You know, let's let's talk about where you're from. How I mean, where were you from, Kelly? Where did you go to high school? You grew up at. Oh, in this in Youngstown, there's many. I mean, I've went to Lowville, and I lived in Lowville. I lived in Poland. I lived in Struthers. I've lived in Boston, Massachusetts. All wow. over. Um, originally from the south side of Youngstown, um, I lived there pretty much up until my early 20s. Um, I went to school at uh, St. Matthias in Youngstown and then Taft Elementary. And then in 95, um, Lowville had the open enrollment and I did go to Lowville. And uh, it's a great school, great community. Um, you know, it was nice there. And then uh, my junior, senior year, I went over to the joint vocational school out in Canfield yeah. and uh, that's where I finished up at. But yeah, so I'm, I'm from Youngstown. Uh, I was on the South side of Youngstown and uh, you know, it's the Lansingville area. So. Dennis Giraldi, a big Lowville fan. Yeah. Lowville. Let's <laughs> Let's Let's Lowville guy, I believe he is. He is. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he, you, know, you, you told me any last name. I could probably tell you to a Lowville, you know, from Lowville. So. <laughs> <laughs> Half of it is if they sound Italian or not. I can tell you if they're probably from Lowville yeah. too. If they sound Italian, yeah, it was, yeah. That's when you get it. when it's not Italian and they're from Lowville. It's a curveball. So, yeah. <laughs> what, exactly. uh, when did you when did you graduate from the? So it's it's Lowville. So when did you graduate from Lowville? Yeah, you're still part, even at the joint vocational. So you still belong yeah. to, to Lowville. So I'm a Lowville grad. Um, I graduated in 2000. 2000. Okay. So he is yeah. a little younger than me. He's like Anna's he, our sister. He's Anna's age. Yeah. Yeah, so you would have went to school there when I was going because I was from yeah. South Range. Um, yep. 
how uh how long when did you start boxing yeah how old were you you're under that i was uh, i think i was right around the nine ish ten ish um age and i had my uh first amateur fight at 11 so but really? i was what? yeah and, and i was involved you know i was in football uh baseball so i mean it boxing i loved it it was probably overall my favorite sport and but I was still, you know, I loved football. I was playing the PB football for the fighting little Redmond in Youngstown. And, and then I was playing baseball. So it was hard. Like I never really had time to put into exactly one specific sport at that time. Um, you know, I actually, I played baseball quite a, a lot longer than I did football. I played baseball up to like 17. Um, and then, you know, we had to kind of call it quits on that too. Boxing at that point, I knew boxing was going to be my, my sport. So awesome. And nice. When you, I, I guess the one thing I was wondering, so, so to get to the level where you are, I mean, this is, I always want to ask somebody this, or when you started, was it like first match Were they like, Oh, this dude's going to be good. Like, were you naturally talented at it or. Yeah. Uh, I, I would like to say, yeah. I mean, um, so kind of how it happened was uh, even before the first fight, um, you know, in boxing, you spar, you got sparring partners and even at a young age, and you go in there, and um, actually, I sparred a kid from, uh, I think he was from Struthers, too. And, uh, you know, he, he's been boxing a lot longer. I was kind of new to it. I was a scrappy kid because, you know, I started off, I have um, a friend of mine. He's actually my brother, I call it. You know, I, I grew up, he's older than me, and you know, so he knew me since I was born, and he was good friends with my older brothers. And we used to go in his backyard, and his dad fought, you know, his dad was a good amount older, and, and he fought during the World War Two times. And uh, they had the gloves, and we'd go in the backyard over on the south side and <laughs> the old cooking timers and put it on three three minutes, and we'd get whatever Vaseline we could find in the house and throw that on. <laughs> we'd go beat the living shit out of each other. Custom, uh, so, <laughs> okay, I'll say that. You're fine. You yeah, you're good. I'll be sleep. careful on, on Twitter. So, yeah. yeah you're further away, man. You're fine. Cool. And, um, you know, and that's kind of – and they were older. You know, they, they would beat me up. So – I was used to getting rough house. You know what I mean? I was the younger yeah. brother, whatnot. So when I went into the, uh, I took martial arts a little bit too, and it just nice. not knocking it respect for everybody in, in all combat sports. But I, I took the standard martial arts and, and uh, boring to me at the time, I was just really mm-hmm. an active. Kid. And um, I kept tugging at my parents, you know, like, Hey, let me go. My brothers are going to the gym. They, you know, are boxing everything else. And my parents didn't want me boxing. Um, you know, it was just one of them things. I was a baby, and and they knew that my two older brothers, they weren't serious about it. They were doing it for workout and self-defense. And um, I went, and finally they let me go. And, and you know, after a week or so, uh, Jack put me in there, and I sparred, and I got my, my butt whipped, man. I got uh, yeah. bloodied up. And my parents were happier than shit, you know, because, like, yeah. they figured I was done. They figured that I was not going to want to box anymore. Well, the next day I come home from school and I go straight to my room. And I think one of the only times I ever took a gym bag was that day. And I, I come walking out the bedroom. My dad goes, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going to go back to the gym and whoop that kid's ass. And uh, they didn't know <laughs> they didn't that. And I think right there, you know, I knew that I was made to be a fighter. And, and long story short, uh, I sparred that kid again uh, a couple of weeks later. And it was a totally different just in that short period of time. It was a totally different uh, sparring match, and and uh, you know I definitely got the better of them. And so I would say, my first fight, we fought a kid um, out of Steubenville, Ohio, and he he already had about thirty some uh, amateur fights. 
Uh, he was Ohio State Fair champion down at Columbus. And I went in there and I just, you know, whooped him. I mean, I whooped him yeah. really, really. How old were you there? I was 11. And I'm 11. Not, okay. I was, I was beating this, like first, first. I was beating this kid so bad. And when I was young, even though I was a good athlete, I was a sight to see. I, I was like, you know, that big, big ears. I look like a Cadillac come down the street with both doors open. I had like size 12s, you know what I mean? Big feet that did not fit my body. So, but I, I still, I was fluent though. I could move and everything else. Yeah. Um, I tried doing the Ollie shuffle because I was just beating them up easy. And I got a little cocky and I almost tripped over my feet. And uh, <laughs> so I doing that. And, you know, my second fight, I went on to win and, and all that. And, um, you know, so I think right there, I knew, I mean, the kid that I fought, it was my first amateur fight and, and he had all these, uh, awards and titles and stuff like that in the state and i was able to do that to him so i kind of knew that was my calling wow at 11 mike Ackleson yeah. says best fighter i covered while at uh wfmj the ghost is the class act that's cool man. Oh, Thomas, I thank you mike's a good guy we, yeah. we, we, want, a lot. we, we want full yep. disclosure kelly full disclosure from us isaac and i i have watched other than the people that have fought them, I have watched two people fight in my entire 41-year career. Okay? Add boxing matches. Okay. Isaac, Isaac uh, Mike Tyson, and you. Those are the only two <laughs> boxing people I've ever seen. Like, more not than a big one boxing guy. family. We're really not. Yeah, we're, we're not. Yeah. Like, we were, we're not because we're big oafs. And, yeah, I, I don't think I could hit a bag for, like, more than a minute. But, anyways. I would totally try. It would be awesome. Yeah, yeah it's a so great workout. So, oh, so yeah. we're, gonna, we're diving into questions here that we we don't we don't necessarily know don't don't get insulted by our stupid questions as much as possible. Yeah. So yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, you go you go eleven, and then you box all the way through. When when do you get into your first real matches like like that count? You know what I mean? Like how do you you went pro like, in two thousand, right? So how do you leading up to that, who's booking your fights? Like where are you getting fights? Just all over Ohio, random places, like anything you can take. Two thousands your senior year, you said, right? Oh and, man, I got some explaining to do. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, totally like sixth grade, sixth grade. Uh, are you are you are you asking um as far as like the amateur um to you know like how where I fought at or are you talking about as a pro? You can talk about whatever Am- you want. Amateur, like leading up amateur, to it. Yeah, like, where, where do you start? At what point do you become a pro? Like they just – you have to fight so many amateur fights and win all of them? How's it work? Um, no. Okay, so hold on. I got to get this dog because this dog's starting to cry. Oh, you're um, fish. Uh, I got to text my son. Do it. Uh, it's okay. My okay. cat's going to so, start to see it, I'm sure. So the, how, how it works is kind of like any other sport. Um you know, you start off in the amateurs and you, you go to, to like tournaments, national tournaments. So you'll have, you know, you hear everybody always say um, golden gloves because that's yeah. Yeah. really know boxing. And usually for all the times that I hear people come up and say that my uncle fought golden gloves or my uncle was golden gloves. Usually when I hear that, that's like the no, no. You know, I know that your uncle really didn't box or he may have went to a gym and you know what I mean? <laughs> that's yeah, just um. so golden gloves actually is one of the weak. um I, it picked up a little bit, but when I was in the twenty one years ago, um, it was uh, you know U.S. Championships, the PAL tournament. Then you had the, the National Golden Gloves. That was probably the third best uh, national ranking tournament, and um, and you had other ones under nineteen, which I, I won. 
So you go to these tournaments, and even young, you got the Junior Olympic Nationals, you got the Junior Silver Gloves, and yeah, you want to win those. But when you start getting to about 15, 16, that's when, um, you know, like all these fights really start becoming big because you win them. And you have professional scouts out there. You have guys that work promotional companies. And, um, you know, another one that you hear a lot of times, you hear people say, well, if I would have had a manager, I would have made it, Um, usually, or a promoter. Well, in boxing, if you're that good, if you're that good, you will have these promoters and, and scout guys that work for the promotional companies. They want titles. They want people to have, if you have that much of a chance of winning a title, they're going to sign you because yeah. believe it or not for the part, promoters lose their ass throughout the year and putting shows on. And they hope for that uh, Manny Pacquiao or, or the Kelly Pavlik fight in Atlantic city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For that money. Um, so yeah, you have the scouts and that's when the promoters come and then they they bring you up. You know, they have matchmakers. Um, you know, I had Cameron Duncan, which was a sports agent. And so they 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 bring you up and they put you in against tough opponents, but not nobody who's going to beat you. Because the biggest thing, a young um, professional fighter, is getting that experience coming up. And the guys that you're fighting are good, too. Um, but so that, that's kind of like how it goes. So you you want to go out there in the amateurs. It all comes down to that. You want to go out. You want to fight. You want to fight in the tournaments. You want to be seen. Um, you know, believe me, even guys who don't go to the tournaments, they have people who send these promoters, you know, videos of them fighting yeah. and, and they see it and, and promoters still may pick some of these guys up, you know, if they feel that they're, they're good enough. Uh, so that's kind of the breakdown, you know, you, you really, just like in baseball, you want to go out there and, uh, class B or in high school and college, that way you get drafted into the, um, major leagues, you got scouts, uh, basketball, you got you know, colleges and scouts looking at you there. And it's kind of the same as, as boxing. So awesome. So, so, so you just box, box, win. And as you win more and more and more yeah. and more, you go higher and higher up. And then Luke, yeah. once he went pro 26 fights in a row, right? Kelly, you won. Yeah. 26. Yeah, 20 did, you, did, did you do, did I did you do some research? research Luke? I did some wicked. Well, Kelly, Kelly this is the first guest. You are the first person he's ever done research for. Oh yeah, damn. Hell yeah. Bro. <laughs> yeah. It's usually there's no so preparation here, not, Kelly. There's just we've had like a hundred people. Somebody up. found yeah, somebody found um it was a rating actually for the uh a, a big fight in boxing a couple years ago. Um I actually went out because I have a podcast myself and you know we were uh, me and my buddy James and we were covering a fight and uh out of nowhere it was the middleweight title it was Canelo Alvarez versus uh triple G. And they had this big poster. It was all over the place, like the top three middleweights uh, knockout percentages. And I was the third one. It was, you know, Triple G, uh, Gerald, wow. and then me. And, um, yeah, so 26, you know, of them, I think at that point there was 24 knockouts, 26 yeah. and over, four knockouts. So. And then you were you were never knocked out yourself, right? No. And that's – is that knocked impressive down. as a boxer? Doesn't that happen, like, all the time? Should, you know, is yeah. that impressive? Yeah, yeah. Um, good, I guess. Your 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 world champions, your guys that, that are three time, four time world champions, been knocked. Manny Pacquiao. I yeah. mean, yeah. fortunately, I mean, there's there's a meme everywhere for the knockout that Manny got brutally knocked out. Um, but you know they they have that. Uh, yeah, I was fortunate. Um, that's you know, uh, that's, and it is just a little more of an ego thing too. You know, nobody wants to get uh to get knocked yeah. out. You know, I was fortunate not to. So. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Dennis Geraldi says best fight ever. Kelly versus Taylor won. I saw that. I saw. I saw like all of it. Once you once you got up there, man, we were everybody. Isaac, you were in high school, but everybody was getting these freaking. That fights. was that was oh seven. That was I was in seventh grade, but that was in Atlantic City, and that was yeah. that was huge. I mean, that was a huge deal. Um, yeah, six that fight six actually made people went to to Atlantic City to see it. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm so proud funny of you. Funny right story now. about that. Uh, a, I got to tell you a funny story about that fight. But uh, yeah, that fight made I think number eight or nine of the decade. Um, you yeah. know, middleweights, wow. and you know, after when I got dropped in the second round, shortly after the fight, everybody would bring it up and say, you know, yeah, man, what about that second round? And I didn't like it because you know, again, going back on the ego thing, it was like yeah. I didn't want to talk about it or anything else. But then, as you, you're you're away from the sport and, you, and your career is over, and you go back and think about it, if it wasn't for that second round, that fight probably wouldn't have been as great as it, yeah, you know, as it was. Comeback. The, the comeback story, but um, yeah. So with that that first fight in um, Atlantic City, and I was actually telling a story earlier today to a buddy of mine. Um, they, there was a guy that fought. His name was Ricky Hatton. He was from England, and you know the UK, England, Ireland, all all that. Them guys, they they drink. They they're just big. You know, they go to these fights. They play on the drums in the stands, and they sing for four hours straight. And uh, they they were there, and and that fight happened. And then we fought there, and uh, six thousand five five or six thousand fans came to Atlantic City, and. Uh, you know, everything that was sold out, I guess, I, you know, I'm there and you just hear the rumblings throughout everything. You're like, yeah, this place sold out a beer and uh, gambling, wow. uh, all this other stuff. And uh, I'll never forget. I was leaving the next morning. So usually, most of the time after a fight, we had out right that next morning. And the manager of uh, Atlantic City of the casino, she goes, we love you and we hate you here. And I stop. I'm kind of like, what, what do you mean by that? And, and she goes, we love you guys. Young, you talk about Youngstown. We love you because you sold us out of alcohol. We hate you because we got to restock. And uh, that was, you know, it was the first time ever, even with all the fans from England, that that ever happened on the boardwalk, wow. especially for a boxing match. So, um, you know, it was you, that goes to tell you the the um, craziness and and the uh, energy and you know the atmosphere. Um, it was big. The fans were were great, and uh, it was really cool. Did, so, what did you have a big following from Youngstown follow you over there? Because that's drivable to Atlantic City. Was there? Yeah. There had to be a lot of Youngstown people there, right? Yeah, a, a shitload. Um, yeah, yeah, I think like about five thousand, six thousand, yeah. six thousand uh, Youngstown people showed up. Luke. Yeah, and you got to remember, uh, yeah, this this arena held, I think wow. it was twelve thousand five hundred. So. Uh-huh. There, there were six thousand. Then you had to take. I had a good load, a good amount of fans from just that the East Coast part. And then I would say, I mean, Taylor had a, a decent amount, a handful of people there for him. But uh, it, it was a, a big thing there. It was, and, uh, it was really nice, you know. And then going into that fight, did you hear any of the rumblings about the other trainer saying you were overrated going into it? Oh did yeah, you, you know you, you have, yeah, you have the countdown. You have, uh, you know, so you. Back then, that was really before a lot of the YouTube and having access yeah. to all that. Like now, people, they could access anything they want. Um, and, and it don't seem that long ago, but 14 years ago, you had to wait till HBO showed that special. Well, sometimes they would start that like three weeks out from the fight. And Saturday nights, you know, I trained Saturday morning, had all week 
training my butt off. And then you just chill on Saturday night and, and you would put the countdown on because that was my chance to kind of see what Jermaine Taylor was doing in training camp. And um, you're watching it. And you want to talk about getting mad or just getting like, yeah. Ramped. And you didn't have Facebook to go to and be like, you know, share uh, your anger or, or get anybody to back you. It was, uh, it was just kind of like you had to wait till you got interviewed again. And um, yeah, it, it was the buildup and stuff like that was crazy. And that's what we did. We watched the countdown and uh, that's how I knew that he was talking wow. crap and that Stuart was talking crap. And, uh, and then we found out, you know, you have the press conference to announce the fight and Jack Lowe, my trainer at the time, you know, here are some of the stuff that Emmanuel Stewart was saying and, and uh, you know, Jermaine and Jack, if you know, a lot of people know Jack, Jack don't play around, you know, as soon as you start talking a little bit of smack, he's going to fire back and uh, and Jack fired back hard. So it was pretty cool. So sometimes I didn't have to sell the fight. I had, I just look at Jack and go, Hey, you know, they said this and it was, it was uh, on from there. And uh, then, and then at that one, they, on doing research, they said you left your paycheck in your room. You forgot about it on your way out the door. So is that true. Is that true? Yeah, so here's here's the big thing on that. Everybody made that a, a, a huge, and it really wasn't a huge deal. I know people were yeah. saying, "Oh, the, a big check like that, you've got to be crazy." And and no, you don't. So, um, as I said earlier, we leave after a fight's over. Like a lot of people will stay around for like a week. We take off. I, I like getting back and, and uh, being home. Yeah. And so by the time the fight was over, and by the time I got done, probably peeing blood and showering and everything else you got to do a post-fight um steroid test drug test um and sometimes after you're dehydrated fighting like that it takes you a while until you have to pee in a cup before so let's just say okay so i didn't probably fight that night on the east coast in atlantic city till about 10 45 maybe 11 by the time that fight was over and i got out of the ring back to the locker room showered gained up enough liquid in me to to pee in the cup it was probably 12.30, 12.45. Then you have to go to the post-fight conference where you have 75 different reporters to 100 different reporters, and they won't take they won't take what you say. They'll ask the same questions. All 75 will ask the same questions. So instead of just writing down what the one guy asked, yeah. so over and over and over. You're there. Then we had an after-fight uh, after party, which I, by that time I was just done. So I walked down because the guy, all the fans did come all the way from – you know, Youngstown. So you go, you, you raise your hand, you say, hi, uh, yeah. thank you. And then, you know, you get people that just come back, your, your immediate team and, and people yeah. that help. So probably in a little room there at Caesars Palace, I had probably about 60 people in a room. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm dragging ass. I'm beat up. I'm swelled up. I'm, you know, not really wanting to do anything. And you're kind of wanting to go to bed. And uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you're good, man. You're good, man. Don't worry. And uh, somebody's, somebody's trying to break into the, the ghost yeah. house. When, when one goes, yeah, I'll start going. Yeah. So, yeah, it was um crazy. So it was like we were trying to get everybody out as nicely as we can. You know, it was kind of like, go, okay, nice. Thanks for coming. Time to, uh, to get some rest. And we had to leave at 6 in the morning, our flight. So we were leaving at 5 to go to the airport. Well, I had literally two, you had two hours. So we never slept, you know, by the time I got back to the room, probably three and you want to be nice to everybody. 
Um, so my dad who handled my check and believe me, my dad watches. I mean, I, I've been in yeah. sports I am today um, and being able to stay retired and never have to box again and, and do all my investments and ha- own my businesses. And that, that was a big help to my dad. Yeah. He, That's he, awesome too, by the way. and a lot of young athletes um, you hear all the time, but they don't have anybody there like that. So I, and I had to write financial people and everything else. So why I'm saying that is how crazy it was there. My dad would have never, ever have done that, but he was, you know, caught up in the moment. His son just won the world title. Yeah, he, yeah, he, deal. Put, he hit it. He hit it off in the side of the room. Well, totally forgot about it. <laughs> now we finally got the last couple of remaining people out of the room, and we're like, "Shit, we gotta get to the airport." You know what I mean? Like we're gonna yeah. make a flight. So we kind of like rush, and, and we're packing, putting everything away, and we go. We leave Bally's, um, and we're like only probably about two minutes away from the casino. Or actually, no, maybe I take that back. We were at the airport. There was no going back. And uh, my dad goes, oh, sh- crap. He goes, you're going to kill me. <laughs> he goes, I left the check. And he's joking. And um, I'm like, what? And uh, long story short, he called He called the uh, my promotional company. We knew because from the fight before that and a couple of fights before that, I started when you start making a certain amount of money, Cash, it takes uh, five days to cash a check, right? Yeah, they're not going to be able to go to the bank and cash it. They're absolutely not. Yeah. And, uh, so I, that, I, that's why I wasn't worried. Um, I wasn't concerned about it. You know what I mean? Uh, it wasn't that big of a deal because nobody's cashing that check. You know, and, and we joked around about it a couple a couple of days later. And he's like, boy, that made sure they get a hell of a tip. <laughs> you know? Can you imagine being the, check, being, the, being the maid and, like, getting the check like yeah, that? Yeah, like, right? Cool. Yeah. Um, we got, we a, got bunch of, a bunch of questions. Hey, yeah, a bunch of comments and questions, Kelly. Uh, okay, first, let's start off with Dennis. Dennis Sheraldi uh, again. Luke wanted to fight me. Uh, I love Kelly. I'd, I'd love Kelly to get in the ring. I'll pay money to see that. So oh Dennis, you and you and Kelly. Yeah, Dennis. Uh, Dennis is like five foot five, uh, and he was a him and, uh, him, He's very emotional. I'm a very emotional, and he was coaching. Uh, I think it had to be our kids had to be in like sixth grade. We almost got in a fight. Well, it, 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 they were like they were like pee, pee wee football. You guys are ready to That's the first time I read it. Now Dennis and I are very good friends, but that is uh, yeah. that's just over there. Uh, yeah. Let's oh, go ahead, Isaac. Sorry, bud. Yeah. Well, he seems like a, he seems like a cool dude. Uh, he, he's he's, he's always like, good. He's a good guy. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, very. He actually owns. Uh, Doyo Live, it's a uh, it's a marketing Doyo Live, it's a marketing yeah. uh, marketing company, and they do all kinds of stuff in there. It's it's oh, cool. Very cool. Uh, Thanks for sharing. Oh, oh here yeah. we go. Rocky or Creed, fighter wise as well as movie wise, Kelly, which are do your you, favorites? Or do you even like boxing movies? Is it insulting you? I, I do. Um, do some, it. I knew that was going to happen. You're corny. Some of them are cornier than hell. Yeah. Hell, yeah. Like, movies is it less karate that easy you know but you always see people knowing what they're doing and throwing kicks um in the karate movies and it looks good in boxing movies i watch it i'm going oh my god they could at yeah, least see, it's yeah. gonna be too much i i can see now, that. The, the last rocky um you had antonio tarver who was a great great fighter beat roy jones um he looked good and he made it a little more realistic and, and actually the very last rocky were rocky was 72 um, yeah, was, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, Creed, Creed's good, but I, I, overall, just because of childhood and, and everything else, I got to remain with Rocky on that. Though. Yeah, yeah. The, the ghost has some uh, 
the ghost of some girls like him over here too. By the way, did you notice yeah. that? He does. Got got he got for a long time. Uh, April Sherald. I know. I went. To, I went to school with April. Thanks, April. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, yeah, Miranda Hassey over here gave the, the ghost with some with some uh, little hearts, little heart faces over there. Ghost. <laughs> oh, thank you. Like uh, Here we got. Okay, here we go. Daryl Jones always watches the show. Yeah, Daryl's uh, awesome. What's the best advice uh, can you give for an up and coming young fighter? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. And you know what? They're going to be surprised how easy the question the answer is. Um, listen, boxing is it's a brutal, uh, brutal sport. And I, I'm getting into training guys right now. My charitable organization, we're doing boxing gym, and we're actually I met with the mayor of Youngstown today, Tito, and then I went to um, out to Boardman with the Lowville kid, Rocky Nolfi. He's on my on my board, and yeah. uh, Ken Mahalis, and um, you know they they went with me, and and uh, we're looking at buildings right now. This is moving quick uh, to train train young youth. Um, my big thing when I train these guys, um, do we want to make another world champion from Youngstown? Hell yeah, absolutely. Um, but boxing, my thing is this. Uh, I, again, I was fortunate. People say that I retired too early, this, that. I think everybody thinks my career started in 2007. Um, it didn't. Um, yeah. Always going to get out of the sport early no matter what. I had 42 pro fights, and I was pro over 12 years. That's a long time in boxing. And I, at that point, I didn't know anybody, anything, you know what I mean? I, I did what I did and, um, you know, I had a great career. Um, and that's what I want for fighters, for the young youth. I want to bring something back to uh, kids. It's going to be 18 and under for, for all kids from anywhere. Of course, I'm going to keep it in Youngstown. Um, yeah. It's, uh, but I want these, I want them to be able to get old enough and, and I'm going to have things there. Your grades are going to have to be at a certain, um, level they're going yeah. to have things i'm going to bring uh, motivational speakers in um they're going to obviously going to, have to stay out of trouble and they're going to train and for the most part i'd rather see most of these kids when they get done with boxing or when they're at the 18 years of age and, and older 19 i want to see them go to college or, or pick up a big trade job that's yeah. what i even yeah. more so, uh, average or decent boxing career yeah um i'm going to see some of the guys that you're like, wow, you know what? This kid is legit, and he stands a really good chance of making some good money in boxing, if not winning a world title. So, yeah. you know, you at that point. But that's my main goal is to yeah. have kids be at their best, and then you know have opportunities that are there for them when they when they're done. Because box is not a longevity thing. It's not a long sport. It's it's not yeah. the greatest. I wouldn't tell people just to get involved in it uh, for a hobby. It's a, a brutal hobby. Um, everything about it. So that's my goal with this whole thing, especially through my charitable organization. That's the route we're trying to go with it. And um, of course we're going to make some badasses, but at the same time, you know, we want to make these kids. Um, gonna have yeah. What, yeah. What, what charitable organization do you have? You it's see? the Kelly public charitable organization. Nice. Awesome. So, so, so when you get that up and running, can we come check out your gym and stuff? We'd love to. Absolutely. Come we wanted to do yeah, a yeah. gym in Columbiana, but that, that one's even better once you get it up and running. Well, yeah, the one in Columbiana, that's that's going uh, good. That's a, a fitness gym, you know, so yeah. it's weightlifting and everything else. We, and, and I do. You want to get into the boxing. I think that would be fun to do that, Isaac. Yeah, I do a little box. I got a little uh, young girl, 11 years old, uh, Zion. She's fighting, um, unfortunately, COVID, since last year, because this was actually this uh, charitable um, organization and everything was should have been taken off by now, but. 
I announced it on 21 News, and then the end of February, March, everything got shut down, and it really just put a, a hold on everything, and it was a setback. And then um, through connections that I got and people, you know, especially like throughout California, um, a lot of people wanted to hop on board and, and help, and uh, and I'm really grateful for that. And, and then my business partner, um, he's uh, he's been we call him Coach. He was actually at South Range, uh, Jess Leon, and his kids uh, played for uh, South Range, and his son nice. is playing for uh, South Range, and um, he helped out big time with that too, and and uh, it, it got moving, you know, where it was taken yeah. off. You know, I, like I said, I met with uh, Mayor Brown this um, this morning, and Rocky yeah. Nolfi this afternoon. I know Rocky very well, insurance agent Rocky Nolfi yes. Insurance. Yeah. Yep. I know Rocky. I went to school. His dad, the whole family's, uh, you know, cool. I, I, I've known a, for, he he, bought, he boxes, I think, right? He dabbles in it. Now, Rocky did for a while. I mean, uh, I want to say like 2005, 2006, Rocky actually won a national tournament. Yeah. Uh, I, I, he, yeah. yeah Isaac, did he take a, a break? Isaac, he's, he's, he's big. He's like six foot three, six foot four. He's a real big dude. And yeah. he walked in, he's an insurance agent. So we he walks in because I'm a loan off, you know, we're loan officers. Well, he owns, he owns his, 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 uh, three all states. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he walks in and we're talking. I'm like, dude, are you like, like, bad? Because I still, oh, you want to play basketball sometime? Because he's like, he's like six four. He's like, yeah. Oh, he's like, I, I love boxing. Six I four. Box. He's, he's six six. Everybody's yeah, six, six, six. He's tall. Yeah. Six, I gave yeah. him a new I nickname. Like, I, I go, Rocky, you got to fight again because I gave him a new nickname the other day. It might be corny, but I like it. I said, Rocco, because his real name Rocco. I said, Rocco the Rocky Mountain. <laughs> Rocco the Rocky Mountain. Nice. He is. Yeah. He's a big dude. Uh, so I'm just like, I feel like I wouldn't be, we're too slow. Like, we're not quick. You have to be big and agil- like have agility. But we, I feel like we are not agile in any way, no. shape, or form, Lou. No, we're not we're big basketball players, you know? Yeah, so there's a lot of athleticism in boxing. Um, yeah. Then it helps. Uh, but there's also, you know, you could – because there's a lot of world champions that had to go the uh, technical um, route and, like, really be uh, technically sound and, and shortcuts, I call it, where yeah. you can kind of um, – you kind of could even out the, the advantage there. Uh, but that comes with time and, and practice yeah. and years and experience and the right trainer, so – I had this this one as I had written down. Congrats on your Atlantic City uh, Hall of Fame. That was what, a couple a week ago? A couple days ago, right? It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't long ago. Huh. Yeah, but, so I just got, yeah, Friday. Um, I was really surprised because the Atlantic City Hall of Fame, is it's a big one. It's, um, you know, you got the three uh, main ones, in my opinion, is uh, obviously the international then you have Vegas and Atlantic City that are up, and I'm getting inducted with some some all time greats. Um, I've only been retired eight years, so I, I was really uh, surprised by that. Usually, it takes some time to get in, you know, because when you retire, you got to be six years removed before you're um, eligible to be on the ballot. So it's a it's a hell of an honor. It really is, um, yeah. especially you know in Atlantic City where all the magic was made. For sure, yeah. you got you got all George. Luke, read these George Simonis, owner of Young South Sports Cards. He said, I've been been to World Series, National Championship Games, best sporting event I've ever attended was Kelly's first fight against Taylor in Atlantic City. Everybody loves that one. We partied in Atlantic City all weekend. And then he also went to to every Atlantic City fight at Boardwalk Hall. 
Jared, wait a second. When was that? What year was that, Kelly? Uh, 2007. So 2007. That's 13. I want to tell George, I want to tell him thank you, man. I appreciate that, and I appreciate your support, bro. George had to be early 20s there, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, George is a a good 21-year-old partying on the Atlantic City boardwalk. Good dude. He owns Youngstown Sports Cards in Boardman and in Poland. He has two shops. Um, Youngstown showed up and represented. Daryl Jones, let me get this one, Isaac. Daryl Jones, man, man, he is like – Daryl's a boxer, man. He's got questions. Yeah. You agree the worst thing that a fighter can do when he gets knocked down is to jump right back up should he take the count before it reaches 10. Wow. He's got – He's absolutely right. Um, Take your time. Know, I, I didn't do it in my fight. Um, it all depends on how, how you get knocked down, too. Some guys are – they're the, the term queer street. Um, and it's true. I, they're out of it. So, I mean, you can sit in front of them unless you have smelling salt. They ain't going to know where it counts at. Or it's all yeah. a natural reaction and, and um, instinct. They, they get up and they just want to try to um, hold on. And some guys get rattled. And I, and I was rattled. I wasn't out mentally against uh, Jermaine Taylor. My legs were gone. And uh, so, I mean, I could actually remember certain voices in the crowd screaming, get up. And I could tell you who they were, you know, saying that, but it's just the legs were gone. And I should have, I should have taken a little bit longer on the count, but again, I was new to it. You know, I hadn't been dropped many times. So yeah. to me, the adrenaline and and, I, and that, that tough guy, I got to get up and show him, um, you know that, that yeah, he's he's absolutely right. And a lot of times you'll hear trainers that are experienced, they'll tell the fighters, you know, take your time, like wait till six, seven, or eight, and, and then get up. So, oh, this is a good question. Uh, Marty says, Do you think these YouTube fighters are making a mockery of boxing? Do you watch that fight with that YouTuber? Mm-hmm. What'd you, what'd you, um, how'd you feel about that? I hey, listen, boxing is, um, but I'll start off like this boxing will never go nowhere. Um, everybody says UFC, uh, there's still the highest ratings, Manny Pacquiao and, and Floyd Mayweather put up the highest numbers, even more than the UFC and granted UFC is great. I got a lot of gr- uh, good friends that are big time UFC fighters, but you know, um, uh, for the most part on average, UFC does better than boxing, but boxing is boxing. Boxing has been around. It's going to take his bumps and, yeah. and it's going to come back. But with that being said, 2017, 2018, boxing was was breaking numbers and and then 19 and 20 it's not doing so hot so if these youtubers like um jake paul and and um what's his brother the other one uh logan brother logan yeah if they want to come in and they train they 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 actually look all right i'm not gonna lie they they're not hurting they're not um they're not am i making a mockery of it because they train and they look somewhat decent in there and you know what? They, they're putting 200,000 extra uh, people or 20,000 people in a seat. Yeah. Yeah. 200,000 other uh, pay-per-view buys. And if yep. it's helping, there's a lot of diehard boxing uh, fans and boxing gurus are like, I can't believe they're doing that. Hey, it's good you know, advertising. It's good advertising. Yeah, they, um, they shouldn't be able to make more than the guy who's been fighting longer than him. Well, listen, the other guy ain't putting 20,000 seats in the, the arena yeah. and they're not selling to pay-per-view buys. So it would be unfair to give the money to the other guy who didn't bring shit to the to the table. Yeah. Luke, did you done. hear about that fight? Uh-uh. It was a, a YouTuber fought a, uh, I think, retired NBA player. Well, he, and, Dave Robinson still plays. Yeah. Uh, well, 
Dave Robinson, and he just beat the YouTuber. Beat the like knocked him out it, real quick. He beat the piss out, yeah, real quick. Yeah, it was yeah. bad. And the was NBA player have any experience boxing? We train a little bit, a little bit. Um, not enough to be fighting pro. <laughs> Obviously, dude. It was, I think enough to fight one of the YouTuber train. Yes, the YouTubers yeah. had a couple fights. Yeah. Okay, so that now he wants to t- now he wants to fight McGregor. He's like just classic. No, YouTuber. Well, the ones fighting Mayweather now. They oh, just yeah, Mayweather. Yeah, he said yeah. McGregor, and now he's fighting Mayweather. But you so know, he may not get beat up too bad. Mayweather's 43, 44 and, and has been retired for uh, three years. Um, but he's he's still going to get beat up. So we talk about retired boxers. I, I mean, I got to ask. What did you think about the uh, the old man fight the other night with uh, Tyson and uh, what's his name? Uh, Roy Jones. Yeah, Roy Jones. I, I thought it was uh, actually not bad. Um, I don't want to keep seeing it, and they're talking about this Legends League now. Where they're yeah. going to start? I mean, I, I don't yeah. want to see that. Um, but I tell you what, I give them guys credit. Listen, there's thirty year old kids and twenty five year old kids that couldn't do what these fifty four, fifty one year old men did. I could not believe how fast Tyson was still like mm-hmm. his moves, man. And again, I'm no boxer. I, you know what I mean? That dude for being 10 years older than me, how quick he was, was just, yeah. Did you think it was stupid that they called a draw? I thought that he knew that was going to come. I mean, that was yeah, uh, that, that's an exhibition. Um, you know, yeah. and get that. Um, there was no, um, they had celebrity judges there. But then celebrity judges were told before to fight, like, hey, listen, come yeah. up with an idea, but it's going to be a draw. Um, that's why they had two belts uh, for them. So it was an exhibition. Um, did they really try to go for the kill? No, but were they going for a knockout? Yeah. Hey, listen, Mike Tyson missed, and I think he almost uh, knocked the camera guy out with the wind. So he was <laughs> Roy Jones was pissing blood. Like It probably looked like fruit punch. I, I yeah. just can't believe how fast. Like I said, he made one or two moves like right out of the game. But I was, I was like, "Holy crap! Is that the YouTubers? Are happy Gilmore the YouTubers? They're the happy Gilmore of the sport. I mean, if they bring in people, like he said, it's good for yeah. the sport." And then, um, yeah, so, I, mean, um, I don't see a problem. Is there a fight you regret, Paul Munson? Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't uh, get into it too much because it's a yeah, no-win situation for me. Yeah. Um, you know. Like yeah, I'm making excuses or whatnot, but you know um, the Hopkins fight uh, definitely um, documented. Um, you know the bronchitis and, and everything else. Yeah, I mean, Lampy is still is still in their papers, and and Thomas Hauser, who is a straight shooter, he writes um, what he sees, and he was in a locker room, you know, when they took the temperature and everything else. Yeah. But Hopkins, uh, so but overall, Hopkins fought a great fight. Hopkins is an all time legend, and you know it is what it is. Um, and I bounced back and fought Marco Antonio Rubio in Youngstown, and yeah. who a very good fighter, and I, I destroyed him. And what people don't realize is Marco Antonio Rubio, two years later, um, after I fought him, went on an undefeated streak and, and won a world title um, and knocked yeah. out a guy who was 25-0 and 0 with 25 knockouts. Uh, but and then another fight was obviously the, the other one I lost. I wouldn't say I, would, uh, I should have canceled that fight or I regret it, um, I regret some of the decisions made for that fight. It was uh, the Martinez fight. And we knew, you know, after being almost 30 years old and, and almost a decade at 160 pounds. Yeah, I remember six, that one. It, it was just, um, and you heard the commentators talk about yeah. how hard it was to make weight. 
you know, yep. with the treadmill and the stationary bikes in a, in a hotel room. Um, with that fight, I, I don't think I should have canceled it or, or do I regret. But I think what I should have done, which a lot of fighters do, was say screw it and come in at 161 or 162. Now, to the average person who don't know, that may not seem like a lot. But a pound or two pounds, that, that would have been a difference of eight or nine hours being dried out for three days and wow. running three miles treadmill. Um, you know, saunas didn't work. I mean, we were in a sauna for 20-some minutes and not even a bead of sweat came out. Uh, so that made a big difference. And at that point, I knew that was my last fight at middleweight. So find me, find, is, hit me with a fifteen grand, a $15,000 fine, take the belts. It's my last fight at middleweight anyway, so I'm not going to use them. And you would have had a different outcome on that fight. But again, you know, I, in a lot of interviews, I, I just, that's, I leave it at that. Um, you know, I, you can see in that fight, I was winning after, after the ninth round, I was ahead on the scorecards um, and I just hit the wall. You know, I got cut. And people think it was the cut. But even if I would have got cut, um, you know, I, I just hit the wall. I wasn't tired lung cardio-wise. I was just uh, muscle spent. And again, yeah. against of all people, Sergio Martinez, who was known as a slick, fast, um, good footwork type fighter, it was just shitty luck. And and uh, I tip my hat to Sergio Martinez because he took advantage. I was up on points. There was only uh, three rounds left, and Sergio Martinez – noticed it and picked it up and and put it on me those last three rounds and that's what champions do and and that's why he, you know he went on to defend that title like he did now luke and i have never been in that i don't think luke have you ever pissed blood before no no i don't think i ever have how is it waking up the next morning being just i mean are you just sleeping on the couch are you doing any kinds oh, of no, well, to catch yourself out what no. are you doing no, you're not, hopefully you're not pissing blood by the next morning. If you're pissing blood by the next morning, then you may want to make a trip. Um, but usually it was it was like the the first two peas after the fight where you know it's there. There's definitely blood in there. Um, you know, there's just so much in a fight. You know, to, to a lot of people, you see two guys fighting, and yeah, you know that you're going to get tired doing it. But it's really brutal when you got two um, highly trained professional guys at a very high level who know how to hurt you, hitting you with shots for 36 minutes um, is brutal. You, you know, you're, you're tired, you're breathing heavy. That's got to be doing damage. You're dehydrated. And uh, you're getting hit with shots all over the place. And um, it takes its toll. But usually after the good second pee in a, in a shitload of water, you're not peeing blood. Anymore. But I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what is nasty. And uh, my wife had to unfortunately deal with it. And I've had talks with a lot of pro fighters. So you get cut, okay, and you have the stitches in, but you still got the seepage, and you're cut all over your nose, your lips, and you, and you go to sleep. And you wake up the next morning, and it happened to me a couple times, I had, like, puddles of blood in ah. my bed. I mean, because your your nose, your lips, yeah, you know, jet. You know, your eyes still seeping. Yeah, I used to have that uh, – good amount and uh you know that 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 was uh not really inviting to a lot of people when when is the last time you boxed last last like professional boxing well last time i i sparred i was about 2014 i was down at burnsides and struthers and i worked with a young kid but it was not nothing big i still had it i still had it Um, do you still do you 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 beat him up yeah, 
I, I told you I hit him with a nice little body. He got a little cocky. I was letting him work. And uh, and at that point, I didn't touch a glove because I retired in 2012, my last fight. And uh, he, was I, talking, he was talking crap. You're like, okay, let's do this. Let's let's do it. No, no, he was actually a really cool kid. He was humble. Um, he's kind of yeah. a newcomer. Uh, and I, I tapped him. I, I let him know where he's at, and I hit him with a body shot, and you could hear the air come out of him. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, he, he dropped the elbow, and he hurried up and tucked real quick and ran backwards. Um, you know, but uh. Yeah, that, I would say my role, my last fight was 2012. Do you still feel? I mean, I guess what I was getting at. Do you still feel it in your body now? Like when you wake up, are you? You know, is there you sore still? Head? I mean, what? You know, uh, it's got to be. You got to be sore still with that. Not the head. Uh, thank God. That's because yeah. that's the case. And I again, I'd be at the neurologist here real quick. But uh, <laughs> listen, boxing. Um, a lot of people don't understand. Uh, Obviously, football players and, and guys like that, a lot of athletes, they have arthritis. Um, you have to remember boxing, people see the glamorous part, okay, and that's yeah. the fight, right? And um, But you're not understanding. I used to train seven, eight hours a day. Um, so you wake up and I'd run on pavement three miles, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off, Friday, Saturday. You So right there is three miles. Then you turn around and I'll go either Ironman Warehouse or Rockies and train. Then I'm two hours at the boxing gym, jump rope, hitting bags. Then you're done with and you're going down to the YMCA at about 8 o'clock at night um, doing either yoga or playing a pickup basketball game for cross-training and, and burning calories. And then you're sparring three times a week. Um, it takes a toll. And where I noticed it was I, I got into powerlifting. Now, I know that's like wiping your ass before you shit. It's uh don't make any sense <laughs> because yeah. – Boxing is hard on the body. Powerlifting, hard on the body. But it was are always something. Your, your knees awful. What's that? Your knees? Are your knees bad? Yeah, so I, that's why I kind of backed off on the squats. So I was always a, a really tall, skinny kid. I mean, when I was fighting, if I would have turned sideways and stuck my tongue out, I would look like a zipper. Yeah. So that's why you know I was always kind of want to just put weight on, not to be tough or anything. I knew I was tough. It was just my own personal thing. And, and uh, so I started doing the power lifting. I had a buddy in Salem who was originally from Cleveland, uh, Lonnie. He's like a four-time uh, body or power lifting champion, Lonnie Atkins. And uh, I was with him and uh, I got strong. And, but then I started noticing like these guys are benching into like the mid five hundreds and high four hundreds. And at that point I, I was kind of new to it, but I was getting strong and I was up about like three fifteen, three ten, And, um, I just started like real bad shoulder and hand. And I wasn't crying, baby because I fought through my career. I mean, I was in fights where I had hands that I couldn't even close. So I wasn't being a baby about it either. And I started going to the local physicians and, and chiropractors and everything else. And I asked one lady, I said, listen, I go, these guys at the gym are lifting like 500 pounds and their shoulder and elbows hurt, but they, you know, it goes away. I was like, I've been fighting this for like a year now. And she looked at me and it kind of hurt me. It hurt my ego. She was like, oh, sweetheart, it's not from lifting 300 pounds. She goes, it's all the years of boxing. I was like, I thought I was thought I was strong for a minute. But um, I picked it back up. So I'm, I'm getting up to the 405. I'm going to – I hit that. I'm going to go back to, you know, to hit training and, and cardio and start losing the weight again. But right now I'm just enjoying being, you know, what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, but, yeah, the, the lifting hurts. And, and you feel it because of the boxing. I, that's how I did. I played football. 
all you know, and lifted heavy, and it was always like you said. I, I used to be able to throw a freaking like you know three fifty one two times two three times, and I just I yeah. feel my shoulders. Yeah, I feel my yeah. knees bad from basketball and football. Oh, it's it's it's. And, and listen, I mean, it's my fault too, though, because like they say, stretch, right? No, never stretch. You do one set of bars and you start firing up. Yeah, and it's the easiest damn thing to do. Like, go yeah, yeah. in the gym. You know, I own it, and, and and I'm sitting there just like sometimes I get done. I'm going, all right, I got to get a workout, and I'm like, I should go over and stretch, and I don't do it, and that's where the injuries come to shoulder. Yeah. I'm sure I could have probably avoided those if I wouldn't have been lazy. I, I, I know how to do all that stuff, and I started paying a trainer across the street. You know, I, I could lift in the gym. I could go to your gym lift right now. Just like the hit stuff, it's so different than anything yeah. else you've ever done. You know, and, and I'm 41. There is no reason for me to be lifting up anything super, yeah. super. I need to be eating my fat ass and calling it a day. Yeah, and you know what's hard, what's hard for me is is this. And then people, you guys are going to laugh about this one. I said when I was training, I used to, like, drive past after a fight, and I have probably about three weeks off, and I see people at Mill Creek, like, on 224 running, and I'd be like, what idiots? Why Why are you running? Why would anybody want to run? But for me, it was because it was a job. You know, Jack yeah. followed me. And if I wasn't running 40 miles an hour, you know, he's beeping the horn and he's yeah. drinking coffee and that eggs you on a little bit, you know, and, and um, <laughs> job. So, like, everything I did training, it was eight hours a day and, and you always had somebody there. You know, I couldn't go jog in the park and be like, oh, look at the trees and look at the yeah. waterfall. It wasn't like that. Like, you know. Anybody else that goes and run? I do. And uh, Isaac, when I retired, Isaac, I said, Isaac runs every freaking day. I do not understand it. Relaxing thing in the world, man. It is it so – it relieves stress. Like three miles a day. It's the best thing ever. I love it. Yep. So and, and it could be. Like, you know, but for again, it was just more of a, a job. And I get it because some people – I got now I've been far removed. I can understand, you know, why people like doing that, you know. But uh, for me, so when I retired, I said I ain't never, I ain't never running again. I'm not getting on a treadmill. And uh, now, <laughs> well, now it's getting different. Now I'm looking and I'm trying to find without doing cardio the easiest way to lift weights. So I'm thinking hit training and yeah. I'm doing workouts again. Um, but yeah, eventually I'm going to have to get back into the cardio, and I, I really don't want to. I mean, but it's it it's uh, fun. We should Kelly yeah. basketball. I dabble in it. I haven't played in a long time. We should get Kelly on our basketball team on Sundays. Yeah, four on four on Sunday, man. And play basketball with us, old man basketball. If you guys want to win, now, now ten years ago, I, I would have came on your team. I would have said, "Hell yeah!" But uh, you don't want me, to be, man. I'm 41 years old. I'm 275, 285. You'll be all right. We, we you know, well, it's me, Isaac. Do you know who Steve VC is from uh, WFMJ Morning Show? Yeah, I see him. I know you. Yeah, he's a big dude. He plays with us, and he's like, then, uh, he's, and he's 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 a little older like myself. And dude, you'd be fine. You guys, if I could play basketball with me. Just do me a favor. No mouth to mouth to resuscitate me. Just kick me in a chest, or, <laughs> and that'll probably be after about two minutes into the game. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Kelly Pavlik's on the ground. Oh my god! <laughs> Isaac, we, Isaac, we just killed Kelly Pavlik. God. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh hell! Hey, hey, listen, you guys know it'll be TMZ, and it'll be a hell of a story. There'll be probably about different ways I died too. Yeah, 
exactly. Uh, so got a couple couple more boxing questions, Kelly. We're coming up on an hour here. I, we only keep the time here. This oh, is southpaw fighter is much more difficult more difficult than a right hand fighter, and why? Um, another good question, Daryl. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, and the reason being is because you don't see as many southpaws. Like if you guys play baseball, her I can say is you remember yeah. when you were in high school playing baseball and you get a left handed pitcher. Terrible. And times it just kind of threw you off because, especially in high school, how many left-handed pitchers do you really see compared to, to yeah. right-hand? So it's more of seeing the punch coming and, and learning how to get out of the way. When a right when an orthodox right hand is throwing a right hand, you know, you're constant you learn to slip one way, slip that way. Now you got a guy coming southpaw, it's totally different. You can't slip the way that you once did because you're slipping into one of his shots and it makes it different, you know, and it's different throwing at them because they're angled in a different position. So it's not so much that it's a better stance. It's just the fact that you don't train as much for it. Like you're not coming up all the mirrors. There's not many southpaws in a gym that you're sparring with. You're mainly sparring with orthodox and you become just so accustomed to it. And then all of a sudden they throw a left-hander in there. That's a totally different ball game. So it gets easier when you're a pro. Um, well, not easier, but you, you can adapt to it better because when when you're climbing the ranks and then your promoter is paying for the sparring partners to come in and they can pay for, like, really good southpaws to come in and it gives you two months of getting used to it, it's a little different. Yeah, man. Um, being a huge fan of Rogan myself, Joe Rogan, I got to ask you, man, what was that experience like? Was that awesome? Yeah, it, it was um, – How we got time. I, can I talk your ears off about it? Yeah, no, I'm good, man. Um, uh, so the Rogan, yeah, it was it was a little different. So when was uh, it before you go before you go off? When was it? Early two. Uh, what was it? I think right at the beginning of nineteen. Yeah, January nineteen. Yeah. So this yeah, is January. January. So, okay. Yeah. Well, this January would be two years, and um, so it, it was crazy how the whole thing unfolded. Actually, uh. So I think as everybody knows, Joe Rogan is uh he could beat you up on there and you know he has a lot of big people and Joe Rogan's also really cool. And uh there there was a lot of connects that I had throughout the year. So we we eventually he was playing and I think it was uh end of August or early early September and he was doing a show down in Columbus at the uh, basketball coliseum. I forget the name of it, Alkenheimer or whatever. And um he was I just butchered the name of that. Uh, yeah, I know the best. Yeah, yeah. So he uh, he was down there doing a show, and we ended up getting you know backstage passes to go meet him because Joe Rogan is a, a combat fan in general. You know, he likes boxing and obviously UFC. And um, so we go back, and I'm kind of at that point. You know, I've been far removed from. Um, I have we had the podcast, and I go to fights, but other than that, you know, there are no more really big interviews and stuff, and. Uh, we go back and I'm, I'm bullshitting with him. And there was a, the kid that opened up for him. He actually is a big time comedian. Yeah, he does all the writing for the Comedy Central, the roast. Um, yeah. The young time guy, Tony Hinchcliffe. He okay. Personally, in 03. Wow. And, yeah. He's on Rogan all the time, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I didn't know that. You know, that's how, how I pay attention. So they're all talking. And uh, my buddies with me, James and you know, James starts talking, and I go, hey, James, you know, I, I understand how it goes after a show. They probably want to, you know, drink their wine or whatever they're doing. You know, let's head home, you know. And uh, he was like, all right. So we, we start leaving after BSing with him. And then 
Joe Rogan stops. He goes, hey, ghost. Yeah, I was like, yeah. He goes, where are you guys going? I was like, going home, man. And he goes, uh, hey, listen, we got a place to uh, shut down just for us. He goes, I want you to come with me to dinner. So at that point, you're kind of like, oh, awesome. for me, you know, I met a lot of big people. I've hung out with rock bands and rappers and basketball players and so on. And But Rogan, especially at that time, was really, really hot because that's when he yeah. got to his peak. And um, I was like, all right. So we go, we have dinner, and he's like, you know, um, I want you on the show. He's like, you know, I'll give you a call. He's like, maybe the next month I'll get you on. I'm like, cool. So I give him my number, and and he was super nice. And, uh, you know, I didn't hear anything. You know, um, October, November came. I was like, you know what? He, he ain't calling me, and I'm not going to bother him. And then all of a sudden, I think it was like uh, a couple of days before Christmas, I get a text, and it's Joe Rogan. And he goes, hey, you ready to come on? I was like, yeah, when? And he goes, uh, January 7th. So at that time, I'm shaking like a dog shitting razor blades, and I'm, I'm like, what? Are, Joe Rogan, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't yeah. hang out with him expecting to get on a show, you know? And, uh, and I've done HBO, ESPN, Showtime, all those, but it was just, you know, again, it's been a, a while. So I have a buddy who actually was a big-time music manager, and he worked with Sony. He uh, managed Renana, Renana um, Michael Jackson, I met with him out there in Beverly Hills. We went out there for the week and, and I was talking to him and I go, man, I'm going on a Rogan. He's like, Rogan's a cool guy. He goes, just be cool. And I see Tony Hinchcliffe. I go to his show with all those big time comedians and he has me come backstage after. And he's like, yeah, calm down. man." he's like, Rogan loves you. And um, we're like, all right, cool. So you get to, we get to Rogan show and, um, I go into the uh, thing, the studio. He like, did he fly you out there, or do you have to organize all that stuff? I, I organized it, but oh. you know, it's Rogan, so you'll fly out there for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so you get out there, and, and I got to the show, and he has a big warehouse with, like, weights and stuff. And then he had a little uh, blocked-off part where his studio is. And he, he just tells you. He goes in, he goes, you know, you want dairy meat, this, that, coffee, water. Really? I was like, give me a coffee, water, and... And you go right into the studio. You sit down. All right, put your he- headphones on and put your fists up to the microphone. So I've done all this, put them on, did it. Yeah. Looks over at Jamie's like, go. Yeah. <laughs> no format. Now, my podcast, we don't have a format or anything like that. But, again, different stage. And uh, yeah. usually all the interviews, you had an idea. You know, like you know, some of them, I was going into a fight. I had an idea what they were going to talk about. Um, Joe Rogan, I had no idea what he was going to hit me with. And yeah. uh, it turned out to be great. I mean, it was the fastest two hours and 40-some minutes I've ever done. But yeah. it was it – was really That yeah. is what Boy, go to Rogan to us in like two years, man. You are you – are, You're going downhill, my friend. Downhill. <laughs> Rogan, to, Rogan to the MLO bros. My goodness, tell it. And, and the biggest thing on a Rogan, this – my buddy, the, the music manager – so you guys remember to come back. And I know people are probably going to get mad about this, but my podcast was just starting off and, and all this. And I was kind of like just seeing where I was at. Right. This is going to make you laugh. So yeah, he goes, what are you going to say on her? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't even know what he's going to ask me. He goes, you should do something. You should just like do something. I'm like, do what? Like get on there, take my shirt off. You know, what do you want me to do? He's like, promote something. And, uh, and I, and I wasn't going to, you know what I mean? Cause it's Joe Rogan. And, um, I go, and I started thinking, I'm like, man, what if I said I was, you know, make, gonna make a comeback. 
you know, maybe see where it goes. What's going to hurt? I've been yeah. retired. Who's going to care? You know, I've been retired six, seven years at that time. And, and uh, who cares? I'm 36 years old. Nobody cares about that. And uh, boy, was I wrong because I didn't have to bring it up. Joe Rogan led me right into the question. And yeah. at that point, I did have a little, I'm not, wasn't completely lying. I had a little bit of a niche. Um, did it mean that I was going to make a comeback? Absolutely not. Um, you know, yeah. I was not doing that, but I wasn't. So I just said that. And then I clearly stated on the show that I was thinking about it, you know, 80% of the time. And uh, it got switched around here in, in Youngstown, but every everybody else. So after the show's over, I get in the car and I, I power my phone back on. And again, not thinking anything of that comment that I made or that anybody would care. And boy, my phone blew up. I had yeah. UK, I had Australia, every place in Youngstown. I, my homie AJ Hawk, who has a podcast, he called me. He, you know, wanted to do an interview. And I was like, oh no, what did I do? What did I do? Yeah, that, it was um it was crazy. That's yeah. that's that's right when he was starting up his uh that was right when he was starting up his fight show. So he has like his normal show, and then he has all these fighters come on. So he was probably he was probably prepping you, and then he took that time to wait and then invite you on. That's dude, that's yeah. sweet. That's awesome. And dude, so, honestly, like my my uh our, our podcast, man, we had like two thousand subscribers in like two minutes. It was uh yeah. it was crazy. You do your uh, your podcast at Kelly? Is it on? Is it just a video? Right? It's just podcast. Yeah. So the format of our po- uh, of our podcast is uh, because it's I, with everything I got going. There's a lot of things, as I mentioned earlier, um, that are really in the stages of taking off, and it's so it's hard. And I can't guarantee. You know, the big thing about a, um, a successful podcast is consistency. And unfortunately, with my podcast, there's no consistency and, and our fans are our loyal fans don't care because of format. So what we do is if you've ever seen it, you know, this is my phone right here. Right. And we keep our phone and we have a green screen and uh, my buddy, Justin Fortuna, who's an amazing producer. Um, he, he, he videos it and it goes on YouTube, Facebook live, and then out to iTunes. Yep. So when you start first turn it on, this is what we're doing though. This is what the show and I'm talking and I'm looking down at the phone because we get hit bombarded with questions like your guys yeah. are. Doing, yeah. Okay? Yeah. But unlike you, what you guys do, you know, your main thing is the guest. We have to constantly try to answer every question. We don't try to miss. And um, I've brought on the pound for pound number one fighter in the country. I, I've had all the top guys. I've brought UFC guys on like TJ Delshaw. And um, believe it or not, we lost numbers and people on the show when we bought these big time guests on because the format that we set it up that we set up for it people they love having their answers question like you when you listen to a, a podcast you would love to ask a question or give an opinion and have it answered and or if you listen to a radio show back in the day and you try to hurry up and call in and you yep. couldn't get in, um well this is where the, the listeners really have a chance to interact with us and, and they love that so we actually quit doing guests um, and it's just hard to really stay consistent with it with my schedule because I may be in Vegas, I may be in, in uh, you know, Florida, um, doing stuff. But the big thing that we do, we cover fights and we get credentialed. And, and fortunately, because of being a former world champ, you know, I, I get those and, and we're lucky to, to do that. But it's, you know, I still enjoy doing it when we can. And we do it every Tuesday at seven o'clock. It, it is. And 
we by no means have i mean we have a 2000 we'll get we'll get probably we'll probably get four or five thousand views on this thing you know we do this for fun uh, yeah it, it, it's what amazed me is and i think you said it and Again, we just make this shit up as we go. I, I'm like, I, mm-hmm. I, we were in COVID, and we're like, dude, we're going to do it. There's going to be nobody watching. And the next thing you know, we get freaking 5,000, 6,000. We're like, what the hell is going on? You know, like, what's interesting thing is when, when we had, right when COVID started, and then we had him on again, like halfway through the summer, we had a doctor, a local doctor on. We have the most people watching every single time that doctor's on because we just ask a bunch of questions and he answers all their questions about COVID. Yeah. That's we have the most yep. people watching live. But, so, but I, I think yeah. the consistency, like you said, man, that that's that's the thing. Isaac and I go live 8.30 every Tuesday or Thursday and people yep. know it and they tune in. You know, that they... It's hard for you to do. I mean, you're going all over the place. I don't know how that Yeah, works. and another big thing with the consistency is, believe it or not, like we we always come out and our slogan is unedited and unscripted and yeah. our purpose. Yeah, um, awesome. You know, a lot of times when you get into these podcasts and, and they are, and they're not wrong, some of your greatest podcasts are, are scripted and, and planned out. And we've thought about doing that over and over. Um, and once you get used to ours, you're kind of, we go, you know what? It's more personal mm-hmm. when you're not. Yep. Asking the questions like how you guys, how we're just kind of like bouncing around. Yeah. Uh, it grabs the attention, in my opinion. Yep. Um, I think it grabs attention more. It's more personable. And, uh, you know, and even with us, like once people get used to, like the first time you watch it, you're going to say, what is, what is this crap? But once you get used to the show and you're two or three weeks into it and you see us doing this, you're going, oh, they're reading. Let me hurry up and put my question or my comment in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that way and and we unfortunately sometimes once we get going the, the swear words kind of come out and, yeah. and sometimes a little extra i personally have straight away my co-host he got a serpent tongue i mean there's <laughs> hiding it with him and i because of my situation and, and i've had some commentating gigs and you know eventually i kind of want to get in that field so i have backed away because i know how that goes and i even asked him i said james you know, I, I may end up getting targeted because of the, some yeah, of the yeah. things, but he, he's funny. And, um, you know, he, he's great. He, he follows the uh, fights. If I miss one, you know, I, I can lean on him. Um, he, he does a good job and he keeps it going. So, yeah. So you good, Kelly, you good at darts? Last, last comments here. Kelly's better at darts than oh. he is at basketball. That's Paul. Yeah, that, that's Paul Munson. You know, that's, that's my homie. Um, yeah. I've known him for Everybody, everybody knows Paul. Why does everyone know Paul? Paul's a Southsider. Yeah. Well, Paul, I think he was a Southsider, and and I was actually really, really close with his brother. And they actually used to mix us up in school. Uh, they would call me Mike and him Kelly, his brother, because we had shaved heads and we were younger, yeah. Like, and um, yeah, Paul. But uh, I was really good at darts, and and uh, I think he knows that our teams used to win when we played. But uh, I haven't played in a long time. I love darts. Um, just, you know, I get free time. You know, I think uh, my kids and everybody whoop my ass if I'm going to throw darts. So, darts um, I could play. Definitely a lot better at darts than basketball. <laughs> well, um, did we – I mean, we're at, a, we're at an hour 50. We know you're a busy guy. We really – I mean, really appreciate you coming on. I mean, it is awesome. But, you know, to, like I said, 
we know you're a good guy when you go from Rogan and then you join us for a freaking hour and a half. Yeah. man. Maybe yeah. in a month or two, you know, come back on and, and shoot the shit a little bit. I like it. When you go to the gym open, man, we want to come check it out. We, we got a videos. We got a, we got a couple guys that'll video us. We got a couple clips. We'll do that. It'd be fun. And, and for yeah, your story, so, whenever, whenever you get that fired up, or uh, whenever you need help getting word out about anything, let us know. We'd love to put it on the show and help out the best way we can. Absolutely, I'll I'll, um, I'll be the first people I go to. I I, I shared Great. this too on my Facebook. Um, yeah. yeah, appreciate uh, you. I'll do that, and again, I, I I got a lot going on actually. Um, you yeah, know, talk, talk oh, you got, man. check out my app too. Me and Billy Lau, who was a former fighter, we have the Sweet Science Plus, and it's really starting to pick up. Your apps take a little bit of time, um, but we have a, a diet and nutrition plan on there. We have boxing workouts and strength and conditioning exercises that Bro, pertain to, to boxing. What's it called, Kelly? Uh, yeah. The Sweet Science Plus. Yep. Sweet right there. Science. You can only get it on iPhone. We're going to hopefully in the next couple of months move it to the uh, Android also. Oh, look at uh, that. Yeah. Wow. Heck yeah. And then uh, Coach Leon, who South Range guy, we also are doing uh, sports testing throughout the country, and um, you know he just locked up uh, the AAU uh, West Coast, and uh, we're gonna be doing that. So the sports testing, you know, like combine stuff, but it's all sports, and um, you know that that's really uh, taken off, and and it's going to be great for these these young athletes. It's uh, fourth grade to twelfth, and it gives a lot of last opportunities. Some kids who may not get recruited have an opportunity to, and. Uh, so all over the place, but I'm enjoying it. It's at my at on my time and and uh, when I want to get to it. And so, so my 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 fourth grader, I'm homeschooling. Can I just drop him off at your house for that, or how do we do that? Oh, so <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> I'll be having I'll be having 30, 30 fourth graders in my front yard. Um, <laughs> I'll drop them off tomorrow. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, no, so uh, how that goes? We, we come out. and We'll let people know. We either go to the organization, so whether it's uh, NFL youth or if it's uh, the AAU, um, we're doing softball. Um, my partner is better on that because he knows some of the organizations yeah. for it, the softball. And um, so we'll, we'll set it up. We'll get it out to the whole league and, and the parents and, and coaches of that league and let them know, you know, that that, that we're doing that. And, uh, like, right now we got a good amount we're working on over in Utah and Nevada. Um, and we actually got a, a facility in Nevada. It's called Rising Stars. It's an unbelievable facility, and uh, it's a great opportunity for these kids. And on top of that, it keeps the data. So some people may say, well, what's the purpose of having a sixth grader, you know, do this when he's still got, you know, six more years or five more years? Well, you could track it, and then, you you know, we'll have things where for training and how to train for that. So when these young athletes start getting to their sophomore, junior, senior year, and just say one of the recruiters missed them. Sometimes that happens. It's kind of that last chance where you can send these numbers out to the recruiters and say, hey, look at this. And it, believe it or not, that happens. And say you're doing it for baseball or say for, for football. You're yeah. a 6'6", you're, you're a tight end. And just your numbers don't catch the eyes of some of the recruiters. Well, you may have a basketball coach out there that says, you know what? We can work with this kid. He's 6'6", he got the size. Let's give them an opportunity, and now you may get a scholarship for that. So there's just a lot of big reasons for it, and um, yeah, I think it's going to be exciting. You got you you're into everything, man. Huh? Yeah, you got a lot going on, man. Like a like an octopus, hands that all stand. Stay busy. 
it's good, man. It's good to stay busy. Well, well, I do. We'll check back with you in a, in, a, in a couple months if you're all right in the spring, man, and we'll see yeah. how it's going and bring you back on and shoot the shit some more, like you said. Hell yeah, man! It was a great time. I appreciate it, guys. Kelly, we appreciate yeah. it, man. Thanks, uh, Kelly. We're gonna kick you off now, Kelly. That we talk a little bit so that that way you don't have to <laughs> be asked. I enjoyed it again, guys. Thank you. Absolutely. See you. I'm not going to kick him like I do everybody else. Kelly Pavlik likes us, dude. That's crazy. What if he just hung up and he's like, God, I want to beat the hell out of him. I hate those guys. (laughs) There's one person I could go back and just just get really jacked up again and punch in the face. It would be Isaac. (laughs) Right in his freaking face. I think I still think I think what we should do is just go kick Kelly. It's two on one, Isaac and I versus you two in a boxing match. We all put on boxing gloves. We just, two on one. Two was, I feel like it would just be. I feel like it would just be. He we'd put on the gloves. He'd step into the ring. He'd be like, "Okay, let's do this thing." And just right out of the gate, he just right in my face. Just you just look over and you'd be like okay big guy let's go hit me as hard as you can oh my god i was just i just was like just like we're just lining up and he just runs right at you <laughs> right out of the gate oh my god it's too funny yeah he's a great dude man he's into everything like I said, he's like he's like i'm on rogan i was a boxing champion i did this i did that the whole time i'm thinking jesus god now you're on our freaking the mlo breast that is yeah. it's a slippery slope to the bottom it's a slippery slope to the bottom amazing this dude is so busy and that's why i'm thankful he came on the show what's amazing yeah i never he immediately is like, absolutely, let's go. Yeah. And I'm sure, and here's the thing, Isaac, I'm pretty sure the first thing he did when he said, after he said, yes, I'll come on your show, is who the hell are the MLO? Or we or we start off the show by you yelling at your kids, and he's like, who are these losers? <laughs> I just can't. That is so awesome that the dude comes on the show. I was like, you know, because that's probably, he's probably the biggest name we've had on here. I would, I would. Absolutely, dude. We've never, he was on Rogan. He's on Rogan. I was like, did you see when he started talking about it? I was like fanboying, like uh, uh, unbelievable. That is awesome. I'm so glad he came on. He wants to come back on. Uh so cool. Okay, so Tuesday, <laughs> our medical correspondent, our newly dubbed Oh, Nino's back. Medical correspondent Nina Rubino. Dr. Nina Rubino comes the on the return show. Of Dr. Nina. Just in time to ruin everybody Christmas and say not to get along with not to get together with your family. I wonder what he's gonna say. I wonder what he's gonna say. The thing I, is, what was interesting was he was the first time he came on, he was terrified. Not terrified, yeah. but he was like, shit's gonna hit the fan. And then he was kind of more relaxed and he was like, Okay, everything's fine. Did you notice now, that? Dude, shit's hitting the fan now. I wonder what he's gonna say now. I wonder hey. what he's gonna say. I'm, I want to ask him. You still, you still have naysayers, and then like the stuff's like spiking. The hospitals are filled. Like he, I got into it with somebody on my Facebook page the other day, and of course, I ended, he ended up blocking me. I didn't block him, but because this guy's like, it's fake. Hospitals aren't filled. I know medical professionals. You know, after, works at, yeah, uh, our out, sister works at a COVID hospital. Out of the blue, Nino is like. I am a doctor. Hospitals are full. You do not know what you're talking about. And I was like, whoa, they're done. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, Nino is always watching. Nino's always yeah. watching on Facebook. He doesn't ch- chime in much, but he he messages me every now and then, and he'll be like, "Yeah, the shadows." It's I just like riding, I saw you outside of Target the past three yep. weeks. How do I get an Xbox? He maneuvers in the shadow. Nino, Doctor Nino, he doesn't chime up, but he maneuvers. He knows what's going yeah. on. He he yeah. knows you're at Target. He knows what I'm causing problems because he'll Facebook yeah. message me like, "Boy, that everything pulling that got escalated <laughs> quickly." Yeah. Like it, like he knows he maneuvers. Yeah. So medical correspondent uh, Thursday, uh, still working on a guest or two. I got a couple of mine. We were trying to keep it very family oriented, very Christmassy. Um, so we'll, we'll keep yeah, that going. We can have Leanna on to talk about working at a COVID hospital. That we could have COVID week. COVID week right yeah. before Christmas. Right. So you don't have COVID week. <laughs> it's a very COVID Christmas. <laughs> COVID Christmas. You know what? I think we should ask Leanna to come on. We should. That'd be good. Let's get. We'll have to ask Leanna, our sister, to come on. Uh, he knows if you've been naughty or nice and not wearing a mask. That'll you be a good. One. We'll get lots to... of questions answered. And do you want to call next week COVID Christmas? Sounds Christmas cool. Christmas COVID week. Christmas the COVID, COVID. the COVID Christmas special. Uh, all right. Um, I'm tired. Uh, Got to get up and teach my kid. Thank you, everyone, for watching, the eight people that are left. Um, we appreciate you. Um, if you haven't already, please like the show tonight. Uh, please share. Help get, get word out. Please follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Yeah. We have five subscribers on YouTube. So like, we have a, like 2,000 on this. Can we get some more people to follow us on YouTube? Yeah, YouTube's weird. I'm sure, I'm sure we don't get... So none of the, all of yous are coming from Facebook. If we got more people to subscribe, maybe the algorithm would help us out and we'd get some more people, but I don't know if that's ever going to work. Instagram, we're finally starting to get some people on Instagram, which is cool. Thank you guys for that. Um, It's like you could post just on YouTube and that would probably get you more subscribers. Well, you could post on just YouTube and then force the Facebookers to go to YouTube, but I don't know. There's no point in that. You could do it. I mean, eventually you would, I don't know, not worth it. Uh, that is a great question, dude. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I, oh, you, you and McGregor's amazing as everyone. I love him, dude. I know the uh, Revenge of the Sith, dude. I know people hated it when it first came out. I love that one, loved it. I, there are so many good lines in that one. I mean, from the Emperor to uh, yeah, the Emperor, not from a Jedi to the I, to. Erin McGregor, Obi Wan's yeah. lines when he's talking to when he's talking to Anakin. Oh my God, so as good! As time continues, as time continues, it gets better. I go. I'm telling you, I go. Empire Strikes Back. I personally like Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I'm telling you, as time continues, well, as time continues, yeah, you have the new hope. You have the the old ones are always first on my list, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Revenge of the Sith, yeah, is fourth. But as I watch that more, it creeps, yeah, towards the New Hope. And I know everybody hated Phantom Menace. I didn't think Phantom Menace was that bad. I really didn't. I thought Qui Gon was a cool character, but um, the second one was crap. The second one was Clone Wars was bad. Clone Wars was bad. The only thing cool about Clone Wars was when like Yoda was fighting Dooku and the whole when when. Oh my God! Django Fett's head gets chopped off by Maze Windu. Like that. Like that Return of the Jedi. The the what was the one? uh, The one the new ones, the Jedi one. Oh, they were bad. They were all bad. I like the first one. It was good. 
because it was when the, the director had an idea of what they were going to do. And they were supposed to make Ray, um, yeah. they were going to make it Obi-Wan's kid. They yeah. said that that was floating around, that they were going to do that. And then they just didn't have it. It wasn't set up like Marvel, where it didn't have a plan for all the movies, where it was heading. And that was the, that was the downfall. The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi was the second one. That was awful. The first one was The Force Awakens. Which near, was near, near impossible to watch the second one. Almost impossible. The first one was good, man. Yep. But the, third one, the third one was decent. The only thing that I don't like that they should honestly make like a short film or something about Revenge of the Sith is when they did. Uh, it's, in a car, it's in a video game. Did you see the video game thing I tagged you? What? Anakin Reven- marched through the temple and wiped out all the Jedi and they showed none of it. They did it in a video game. Battlefront. They do it in Battlefront. Well, they did it in they did it in the one video game um, where sort of kind of you see it, but it's all clones. Anakin ripped through all the Jedi. They should they sh- they should have they should have showed him just destroying everybody. That oh, would have been sweet. So cool um, because he would have been fighting masters and like the librarian and all of them that were all Jedi masters. He would have just ripped through them. It would have been so sick. Rogue One. Yes, Ryan. Yes, correct, correct. There was like. If you watch the first one, there were hints that Ray was going to be bad. There were hints that Ray and um, who's the, the stormtrooper guy were in love. Um, it was there was all kinds of hints that Kylo like was going to turn good. There was all kinds of hints, and it's just uh, well, so snow makes me mad at snow. They just clustered snow. Oh uh, yeah, too many like. Ryan, like Ryan Johnson just took it and was like, yeah, I'm going to do my own thing. Toss it away. Like you can't have that. If you're going to have three movies that are all supposed to connect, you can't have that. Yeah. Mandalorian. Oh, dude. Is bringing like my inner child back with Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, that, thank you, EJ. Thank you. Best standalone one, Rogue One. I it thought cool. it was good. It was good. It was okay. I didn't like it that much. The last, the last two minutes with Darth Vader when he comes down that hall. Oh, dude, it's epic. That could be the best part of Star- like my favorite part of Star Wars ever is the last yeah. three minutes when there's like that lightsaber goes off and those dudes just start. Yeah. It's my favorite. The Clone Wars should have been Clone Wars. Yeah, the show was amazing. I'm actually just I've never watched the show and I'm watching it now and it's fantastic. For those of you watching now, the last seven people, we are totally nerding out on Star Wars right now. Yeah. We went from Kelly Pavlik, uh, jock stuff, to ter- nerdy, yep. <laughs> to nerdy uh, Star Wars talk. Mandalorian, I'm not kidding you, oh, is so good. I have a podcast just on a Mandalorian sometime. Maybe we do that Thursday. They did so good with Ahsoka. They did so good with Bubba Fett. The only thing I don't understand is why Bubba Fett's like nice all of a sudden. Like you think spending some time in a star like Pitt would only make him more mean, but you know, he's a nice guy now, I guess. It's been five years, six years, he's over it. He's tough. He's nice. He's not at solo. Here's the thing. Uh Carson, I'm gonna get to your thing in a second. You know how Bubba Fett comes back and they summoned a Jedi? They some you know, yeah. Yoda was on the rock and summoned a Jedi. Who's it gonna be? It is freaking Mace Window. Hear me out here. It's, it's gonna it's be Mace, bad if it's Mace Window. It's Mace Window. Boba Fett does not like Mace Window. Why? Because he killed his dad. 
Oh my god, that would be sweet. Killed his freaking dad. That's the whole oh thing. Oh my god. Well, he's not gonna have arms, but he's gonna have robotic arms. He got his he got his one arm cut off, or did he get both cut off? One. I think he got one. Yeah, I think one. Anakin cut off one. Oh, he's gonna be wild. Imagine if they got Samuel Jack. Now he's gonna be gonna kill. I think they're gonna kill Boba Fett, though. I think. Yeah. Uh, all right, Carson says Solo. Did you ever see Solo? Yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't think it was good. It wasn't bad. I didn't like that actor playing Solo. It's just like Harrison Ford is the guy. But Maul's Maul at the end was pretty good. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but I mean, Maul, Maul was handled in Rebels. Yeah, he was fantastic in Rebels too. Yeah, he was handled in Clone Wars and Rebels. He was in both of them. That that in Solo, it's the same Maul that is in those because the timing's the same. You know what I mean? So yeah. it makes sense. It makes so, sense for him to be in charge of the city. They explain how he like gets his legs back in Clone Wars, and then Obi he goes to he goes to Tantooine and fights someone uh, gets killed in Rebels. Straight yeah. up murder. So, all right, that's uh, nerd talk tomorrow. We got Mandalorian. I'll tell you what. Before Lucas studies or anything, we were watching that freaking show, <laughs> dude. It's the best Friday morning drinking coffee watching Mandalorian. It's the best. Thing. It's the best. It's so good. We, we have to wait though because I got to go exercise, and then he has two zooms, and then we'll watch it. I don't freaking care. Awesome. At this point, with class, at class, we've we've now integrated. We go play. I play football with him. For forty-five yeah. minutes a day, just run yeah, patterns. That's, that's healthy. It's, it's his gym class. It's so. gym class. All right, yeah. everybody. Good show. Oh god, dear. If you're still watching, please think of us as your loan officer. Um, the MLO Bros, Mortgage Loan Originator Brothers, uh, Home Loan Refi. Think of us, please. But good night, everybody. Isaac, right. when you have kids, when you have kids. You look at me. Look at this camera. Yeah. Do not do. The elf on the shelf. Oh, why? Every freaking night you have to move this son of a bitch. Yeah. And like, like different things. So freaking amazing. Just text I just, oh my God. I want to drown it. I want to put it in the, in the, like, that's, that'll be the end of the elf. Like him drowning. Like, sorry guys, he died. That's what I'm about. <laughs> oh my God. He went outside, got hit by a car. Oh my God. <laughs> right, I'm going to run so him over. Bad. It's so bad. Like I want him to come down and be like, oh my god, just just see the elf's legs sticking out of the garbage disposal. That's like, that's <laughs> the end of it. That's, that's, that's I throughout history, how long the elf on the shelf thing is going to last? Like, is it going to be done in a couple years? Like, how long is it going to last? I think it's in great. It's like now the thing. Like, there's no escape. It's like, it's like, it's, it's like at some point. Somebody was like, hey, I'm going to pull a Christmas tree. I'm going to pull a tree and decorate it like some random German guy, like 100, 200, 300 years ago. You know what I mean? Put yeah. candles, make a little printing. And then the next thing, you know, like the neighbor did it. And then, and then everybody's doing it in the And it just spreads. And then all of a sudden the kids see it. And they're like, oh, we got to do this now. That's so where we're at with this. Never. It's like it's never ending. It's never. Whoever started And the kids, and the kids aren't allowed to touch it. Aren't allowed to touch no. him. It takes the magic. Only parents. Takes the magic away. So annoying. It's the worst. All right. Uh, hopefully my kids don't watch this. Hopefully no kids are watching this right now. Ruin, ruin freaking Christmas for ruining Christmas. MLA right. broke ruin Christmas. Everybody, thank you. Uh, good night, Isaac. See you in the morning. Yep. See you tomorrow, dude. Tomorrow, yeah. At what?
What? No, I am the Senate. <laughs> Nazis. I hate these guys. I am. It's, the Nazi, Nazis has been added to the uh, added so we can use it all the time now. So you're going to be seeing a lot more of that one. There it never comes out. I am the Senate. I just want to let's just pull a bunch of Star Wars things and put them in there. Yeah, that or you were the chosen one. <laughs> you were my brother, Anakin. All right. You were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them. <laughs> Bring balance to the force, not leave it in ruin. <laughs> you managed to do that yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you managed to do that yourself. Oh, hello, All right, I'm done. Good night. I'm going to stop. <laughs> Yeah, my